the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, good afternoon, everyone, on this uh, very chilly Wednesday. It's Ash Wednesday, and it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and also 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. We also have the uh, Facebook live stream going. Folks, our uh, temporary page continues. Good afternoon to uh, Zachary and there's Tammy, Chris Moran, of course. There's Tracy Pellegrino and there's Roberta and a lot more as uh, this Heather as everyone. Please share that you're watching and click the like button. I want to remind you, this page is, it's temporary, but it's temporary for now as far as um, that way you get notified when we go live. We also go live with breaking news. Our uh, other more formidable page will be coming back soon. There's more like a little winter retreat, uh, but that's just the way it's going on this Ash Wednesday. As you just heard, it, the uh, very extensive forecast, there is a storm coming tomorrow. We're going to have more details on that coming up. And so they're saying, um, again, the problem with the <coughs> difficulty with the storm could be exactly when it when it hits. Uh, and it, it's going to start during the day, and then that could mean, you know, into the afternoon afternoon it, it starts to be a little bit of a problem so but it's all clear today on this ash wednesday make sure you get out get your ashes there's no meat today this is the beginning of lent fridays and lent are tough but i'm looking at the forecast so snow tomorrow and maybe a little snow on friday boy this winter is brutal month of february is absolutely brutal but uh, i want to remind you folks why not head out right now the the uh the roads are dry it's it's nice and sunny out it's cold out though it's cold. Boy, the weather is just uh, crazy the way it, it goes back and forth. But this portion uh, of the program, stop in and see our friends Ron and Melissa. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They have delicious uh, sandwiches. They have delicious calzones. They have uh, pizza strips. Remember, it's Lent, so you could just get a nice uh, pizza strip. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They're right next to AAA in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. And you can also find them on Facebook. Again, they have delicious cannolis and cupcakes and cakes. Everything is fresh. Rhode Island's number one pastry gourmet. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. And just to give you an idea, now, remember, they are also just fantastic the way that they offer free coffee for both uh, police and military. They're the, the opposite of alleys. But at Ron's Pastry Gourmet, you have sausage and pepper and eggplant. Meatball calzones, buffalo chicken calzones, Philly cheesesteak calzones, pepperoni cheese calzones, chicken parm calzones, plain and deluxe spinach pies, pizza strips, cannolis, brownies. Of course, those Trump chocolate donuts. And then they also have the uh, Trump cupcakes. They still have them, folks. Of course they will. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop in and see Ron and Melissa. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Easy to get to. They're open right now. Stop in and see them. So we have a great program. Uh, I want to thank Dan McGowan, folks. He's great. If you missed him last hour, you can go to the website, dipedro.com, and hear what what I you know think is just terrific about Dan McGowan is he is just so plugged in and, uh, and breaks a lot of news. You don't have to wait. We we find out a lot. I mean, I like I like to see think of myself as plugged in, but he's he's really plugged in. Uh, Dan has uh, very very good sources. He is someone uh, without question. Uh, you know, when he's he's delivers a lot of info, and uh, that's why it's always it's great to talk to him. I want to start off though. I just got an email from uh, one of our listeners. Again, you go to the website to petro.com. Uh, dear Juan, caught you yesterday on Newsmax. Great job. Thank you, folks. I was on yesterday, four to five on Newsmax. 
And uh, I want to play just a little bit. You know, this is a story that as much as the focal point has been uh, New York with Governor Cuomo in in what's going on with Cuomo, I I think a lot of this, some of it translates into the, the dangers of politics is when you have these people that are very ambitious and they're trying to go to the next level. And you've seen it with Governor Raimondo. I mean, the vaccine situation right now in Rhode Island, how bad is it? Uh, it, it's it's the you know the worst in the nation. We're ranked fiftieth, and tomorrow is the COVID briefing. I haven't heard anything different than that, other than the fact that you know with the snow. But this is this is a disgrace. She has obviously you know very adamantly, or it's it's pretty obvious to me. She, she took her hands off the wheel and eye off the ball, and every other cliche you want to come up with. But um, the situation in New York is, is another egomaniac, and it's New York Governor Andrew Cuomo last spring. And this is really simple, is last spring, many people were complaining about the situation in the nursing homes and the amount of deaths in the nursing homes. And with Governor Cuomo, um, they basically decided, un- unless something else emerges, but he basically decided that they were going to withhold and they, they were only reporting half of the deaths in the nursing homes. And think of this, you have someone that's in a nursing home and they're in distress and they're sent to the hospital. Now they've been in the nursing home for two years. And then in the, in the morning, they, you know, they can't breathe. They call 911, rush them to the hospital, DO a dead and arrival. And then they say, oh, well, they died at the hospital. Well, <laughs> no, that's a nursing home death. I mean, if, if you follow that logic, if you are in your home and you call 911 and they rush you to the hospital and you either die at the hospital or, at, or on the way there in the ambulance, you, you don't then say that, that that's not a hospital death. Hospital death is someone that's been in the hospital. I mean, I, I can't believe this even has to be explained. But anyhow, but he was playing like fast and loose with that. A lot of people in New York were questioning exactly the strategy that Cuomo was employing in New York, which didn't make sense. And, and he was coming under fire. But he was all about having his name out there and PR machine. And, uh, you know, he how about he started the whole Northeast Coalition of Governors? But this is yesterday. I was talking about Cuomo. Who? It's all a fraud. There's an investigation. It turns out they just weren't reporting all the numbers. And this was yesterday on Newsmax. And law enforcement have sat on the truth um, in an effort to try to perhaps uh, play politics um, with the lives of American citizens. Well, Joe. You know, as far as Cuomo, I mean, let's face it, he is, Governor Cuomo is basically the biggest fraud to come out of New York, basically since yes. Bernie Madoff. Right. Uh, instead of Madoff That's doing right. with finances, Cuomo did it with nursing home deaths. Right. I mean, th- this is appalling. And, and you know why he did that? And by the way, uh, Isabel's right. I also want to remember, he wrote a book during this about leadership during a crisis. I'm just wondering, I haven't read it yet, Joe, so don't ruin it for me. What <laughs> chapter does he talk about uh, exaggerating and lying, cutting in half the nursing home? when it comes to a crisis. Well, I think that's actually this an is, important point, this is That's an addendum that he's going uh, to be adding. Governor Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, this is like the county that's school of government on how not to handle a crisis. Yeah. He misled people. They cut the deaths in half. And why? Because he wanted to seem like a hero. And him and his brother yucking right. it up on the air. Uh, and he was the most batch, uh, most uh, eligible bachelor in New York. Right. And, of course, he won the Emmy. You know, if you remember last spring, 
thing. There are even people saying it should be uh, Cuomo instead of Biden on the ticket. He knew what he was doing. You notice he didn't say that he's sorry. He didn't. This is the element of he he not only thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, he thinks he owns the room. He should, if Governor Cuomo were truly sorry, he would face a lot of those families yeah. and explain why exactly what happened with their loved ones. This is like they're reliving it all over again. Right. 15,000 families to be exact. And, you know, not yes. only did he want to appear to be the hero, he didn't want uh, then President Trump to be proven correct. That's and exactly they- right. Very good point, Heather. Again, folks, that was uh, yesterday on Newsmax. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Someone sent me some information. Rhode Island state laws are pronounced dead where the death occurred. So I'm just going to ask, so if you're shot on Broad Street and rush to the hospital, to, you know, Rhode Island Hospital, what have you, is that a hospital death or do they say that, you know, <coughs> excuse me, that's, that's what needs to, um, to be determined. That's what needs to be determined. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show uh, is brought by Henry Oil. Now, listen, we have some snow coming. You don't want to be like those people in Texas. That's for sure. You don't want to be like those people in Texas. Call Henry Oil today. Texas is terrible. Texas, this is an example. Can you imagine all that oil they have in Texas? And they're trying to go on green energy and windmills that are then frozen because they got a cold wave. I, folks, that, that is the danger of the far left and the Green New Deal right there. If anyone wonders how the Green New Deal would play out, take a look at what's going on in Texas. This What a disaster. You can't listen to those people. You can't listen to, listen, I admit, people like Cicilline and AOC and the squad, you know, they're good for a few laughs, but you can't, you can't actually listen to them. You can't have them in power. They have no accountability. They make up the rules as they... As they go along, you can't can't have something. Can you imagine right now, Texas? This is embarrassing with what's going on in Texas. But that is that's a little bit of a for you know forewarning what could happen to the rest of us. No, listen, you can depend on Henry Oil, complete uh, heating service. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Since nineteen forty seven, Henry Oil, four zero one. Five two one zero two hundred. Do you want a reliable, affordable fuel oil company? Whoever you have right now, it's twelve seventeen on this Wednesday. Make the switch. Call Carmine or Lori at Henry Oil four zero one five two one zero two hundred. Serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Henry Oil automatic delivery, oil burner service and installation, budget plan, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Call Henry Oil today four zero one five two one. Zero two hundred. If you get shot in Cranston, taken Rhode Island Hospital, the hospital pronounces you dead, and the death certificate will by law say Providence. Well, that's interesting. Well, with Cuomo, these were people that were in nursing homes, and then in essence were, um, oh wow, oh boy, I am uh, hearing some breaking news on this. Uh, oh my goodness. Wow, Rush Limbaugh has passed away. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I am so glad, my friend Dolores. Folks, here I am in the middle of a of a rant. Rush Limbaugh has died. Oh, my goodness. Age 70. 
Well, that certainly changes the program. Let me tell you about Rush. I just want to observe it all. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Dolores Dolo. Rush Limbaugh dead at age 70. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So sad on Rush. You know, I wondered, oh, boy, look at that. Rush has died. Oh, my goodness. I want to just quickly tell a friend, folks. I have some, well, I'm going to tell you about it uh, right now. Oh, wow. Rush has died. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Dolo. Look at that, how thoughtful. Let me just see, uh, I mean, imagine, it's really breaking now. Limbaugh has passed away. Ah, oh, my goodness, folks. Well, I'm going to talk about that, and I know a lot, um, so sad on Rush. I want to, um, so sad on Rush. Greatest radio personality ever. Oh, man. Well, I want to tell you about Rush. Um, and folks, right now it's it's 1219. Good afternoon to everyone that's listening on AM 1380 or on 99.9 FM. Or uh, maybe you're listening on the website to Petro.com. Let me tell you why um, Rush was the greatest. Uh, and like like many of you, um, I am stunned by the news. I know he was sick. I didn't know he would go this quickly. Um, I know he had been struggling. He had with with chemo. I'll share some rush stories, folks. I I not only had the chance to um, I'm just try to balance this mic. I apologize, folks. Uh, I not only had the chance to to meet Rush, but I actually worked with him. And I even one time had dinner with him. And Rush Limbaugh was just um, such a, a generous, gracious man. He forever changed radio. People have asked me, who is the greatest? And at different times, you could try to argue that maybe, you know, some people might say that it was, it was Howard Stern. And I'll tell you why that, that I think Rush was the greatest is because Rush was alone. And, you know, Stern, Howard Stern can't do that show without Robin. He can't. He can't do the show without Robin. Rush was alone. Rush was an original. I first met Rush when I moved to New York in 1990. I had a chance, as I've said, you know, this was before cell phones this was before social media i um i was just thinking the other night i can't believe i don't i'd have to look i don't think i have a picture with rush i might have a photo with rush <coughs> but i actually worked with him at wabc when i was at wabc in the mid 90s in new york and folks no one else around here will tell you these stories but i my office was actually two down from rush and I literally used to see him every morning. He would come in at 830. He would very relaxed. He used to smoke a cigar in his office. He had one security guy. They'd take him up through the back elevator. And 
he would just slowly absorb all this information and get ready for his show. And then right about 5 of 12, he would stroll down to the studio and Rush would deliver his program. And he changed AM radio. He changed radio. He changed talk radio. Um, Rush is just so talented. No one, no one delivered a better monologue than Rush Limbaugh. No one delivered a better monologue than Rush Limbaugh. And he was so knowledgeable. Rush was funny. He was so entertaining. When you think about Rush would do Open Line Friday. And again, folks, right now at 1223, I am um, very sad to report that Rush Limbaugh has left us and passed away at age 70 after a, uh, a brutal battle of cancer. And Rush has, um, I mean, the guy, his impact, the effect he had on the medium, on, on America. In, in 1992, when Bill Clinton was elected president, a lot of people thought that, that Rush Limbaugh's days were basically, you know, numbered or over. And it was really just beginning because Rush came in when President Bush was the president. Um, or I think he actually caught the last year. Yeah, he, he signed on in August of 88 with his national show. And so he caught the last wave of Reagan because the 88 was then the Dukakis-Bush uh, election. But Rush was, um, I mean, talk about talent on loan from God. He, 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 think of that. He has been dominant since 88. And <clears throat> in 91, 91 to 92, I actually was fortunate enough. I think it was 91. I'm almost positive now. It was 1991. I got to have dinner with him. We had dinner. There was, uh, let's see, four of us at the table. Me, Rush Limbaugh, two other people. We had dinner at um, a place called Ernie's on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And Rush, um, he was telling a story. He had written his book. It was one of his books. And he, he opened the mail. And in the mail was a check mailed to him from his publisher for $1 million. And I just remember that. But he was engaging. He was exactly off the radio as he was on the radio. And Rush would just consume information. And by the way, his staff, I got to know Kathleen and uh, Kit Carson, who worked for him for many years. And James, <clears throat> um, they referenced me several times over the years. Rush, at one point, he played the audio when I had Frank Caprio on running for governor. Frank Caprio said, Obama can take the uh, endorsement and shove it. Rush played that audio and talked about it on the air. But anyhow, fast forward to my son was born, Daniel, April of 97. And I'm in New York. And his assistant, Kathleen Gleason summons me. Um, by the way, if you're watching on Facebook, share this with people because I'm telling you, I, I have, I don't drop them all the time, but I have good Rush Limbaugh stories that we will share. And um, the guy was just amazing and everything he went through, what he used to go through and what they tried to do. He was the original cancel culture of they tried to cancel Rush simply because they didn't like his point of view. And he was so funny. 
And they went after him so aggressively. But anyhow, Kathleen summons me to the office. And Rush has in his hands a $100 cigar that he presents to me uh, in, in, as a gift that my first child, Daniel DePietro, was born. And, and Rush, you know, he's sitting there smoking a cigar and said, I want to give this to you and I want you to savor it. Now, he did not have children of his own. But Rush talked about the relationship that he had with his father. And it was just so earnest. And so, you know, and the problem is I was so in awe of what was happening that it was kind of a blur. But um, <clears throat> I, he said, you know, the, the basis was I want you to have this cigar and I want you to dream and I want you to absorb the moment that you've brought this beautiful, healthy little boy. And I'm showing Rush pictures of my son sitting in his office there. On the 17th floor, Tupin Plaza. It was just fantastic. But anyhow, I want to fast forward to I'm in New York and I decide I'm going to leave there and I'm going to move back to Rhode Island and I'm going to be a full-time talk host. And I was very friendly with his staff who was listening to me and very, very encouraging. And... I think they even had Rush listen to me a little bit, I think. Or he, at least he gave the impression that he'd had. So Rush grants me some time and says, get out, kind of like write that this down. And I still have it. I will find it today. But Rush Limbaugh basically for about, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, um, he gives me advice his philosophy on being a talk host. And I still have it. I will find it. I just don't have it like in front of me. But, and I still remember that. And I'm so glad he knew I'd be caught up in the moment. So, you know, Rush knew and was like, you know, I I want you to write this down. And to this day, I follow it. There's no one more gifted with a monologue. And, you know, I could talk about Rush a lot, but what I want you to understand, and folks, again, right now at 1228, it's Wednesday on the Sash Wednesday in this this crushing sad news that Rush Limbaugh has, has passed away at age 70. There's just no one, you know, and I debate it sometimes. You know, when you talk about the all-time real greats in radio, who would you put in that conversation? Well, you'd have to put Paul Harvey for the amount of time that he did it. With his segment, the rest of the story, but, and I, you know, maybe people don't like him. I think you have to put Stern in that conversation. To me, the biggest ones have always been, if you want to have a conversation on the greatest in radio, and I mean like nation, it, it has to be Rush, Howard Stern, and Imus. But what I'm telling you is Rush was the greatest of all of them. And even greater than Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey was talented and an incredible storyteller, but Paul Harvey didn't influence politics the way, I mean, Rush Limbaugh picked up the mantle from Reagan and really governed the Republican Party. And I'm so glad that President Trump honored him last January at the State of the Union when he did. And people just have no idea. Rush as many of you know, would go a full hour 
with the monologue. You know, playing the sound bites. Let's get to the sound like that. On the whole thing. And break it down for you. And he he was um he was also fascinating talking about golf. Rush also for a period of very period, short period of time. He was working for ESPN talking about football. And then he made a comment about Donovan McNabb and then they they cast him aside. But Rush was someone, you know, you have to understand that for the past I don't know how many years, every time if Rush would have a new client, Rush Lumbo would have a new client, that um that client would be inundated with letters and phone calls and campaigns of people trying to get them to cancel. But Rush worked. Rush's live reads were tremendous radio. Rush breaking down was just so interesting. He could take one soundbite from a Sunday news show and examine it. And I, I also I also just realized you know, he just was so influential, not to be copied, but just the, the things he talked about. I remember one time there was a hurricane in, in, in Florida, and, and he was leaving the Southern Command because then he left New York. He had a beautiful place on Fifth Avenue. He used to hang out at the Post House on the Upper East Side and obviously big cigar smoker. And I remember, I mean, at times when – think of this. There was no social media. And he was really, you know, the forerunner. He and Roger Ailes. I went to his television show one time. I brought Frank Conley. We went to Rush's television show in the afternoon. It used to be on, um, I think it was on CNBC. And he didn't do it for that long, but he did it. It was kind of, he then realized his power really was radio. And he was just so great. Rush was great. And the way he would break things down about Bill Clinton, he made a fortune off Bill Clinton. You know what else I liked about Rush was Rush was um, he kept Republicans in line. He kept Republicans in line. I don't remember exactly what it was, but at one point, President Bush, 43, was saying something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but Rush basically was pretty calm and cool. But he came out and said, um, boy, that kind of talk is like leaving the reservation. By the end of the day, Bush backtracked on what he had been uh, criticizing on. Rush was not a fan of John McCain. He was not a fan of Romney. He developed a good relationship with President Trump. Rush was all about the listers. The amount of reach and power that Rush Limbaugh had was just second to none. And he was, in many ways, you know, he, he like, to have the staying power, it's 2021. You know, he started in 98. And then when Clinton came in office, people predicted the end of Rush. He got more powerful. Bill Clinton, in 1993, when Bill Clinton basically said the two for one, Hillary was going to do health care. And Rush... You, you just never heard anyone break down the argument had that type of impact and had people calling the White House and he'd do the homeless uh, updates and he would do, you know, the feminazis and the whole thing on PETA. And then you had that famous quote of Bill Clinton said, well, if people will stop listening to Rush Limbaugh and boom, it just rocketed from 92 to 2000. I mean, Rush's show just exploded. And then between the. um the Limbaugh letter, 
which was unbelievable. As I think of it now, I used to see these two old women that used to come in. They used to listen to Rush and then, you know, put out the Limbaugh letter. Then he had Rush 24-7. He was original. He never copied anyone. Rush was constantly under scrutiny. Listen, he made some mistakes, but when you're on the air that long and the ups and downs of different things, you're, you know, he misplayed his hand a couple times. That's bound to happen and ran into some different problems. But at the end, the talent was was greater than anything. It really was. And Rush Limbaugh, Rush was just such a force that could not be stopped. And I, I, I mean it. I don't think, you know, when you hear now. Could Howard Stern do a show for an hour? No Robin, no Fred, no guest. The answer is no. You know, there's so many people today that they think they're they're talented and they, they couldn't do a show alone. They can't. It's not easy to do alone. But when I was first starting out as a talk host, and folks, at that time, now I'm living in New York City at the time. I'm working at WABC. <clears throat> and I have the likes of... Um, Sean Hannity and Rush were kind of like teaching me. And they used to teach, you know, because the, the first thing you want to do when you're going to do a radio show is you think you're going to do it with someone, right? But they, no, no, no. Rush was like, no, you have to do it. Rush said, you, you, if you, first you got to be good. If you're good alone, you'll be great with someone. But he said, you don't want to be someone that you can't do a show without someone. And you see different examples of that. A good example, he's the morning guy now on EEI, Greg Hill. Greg Hill can't do a radio show alone. Can't. He always has to be like surrounded by people. It's like the morning zoo that Scott Shannon started. We always have like three or four people around you. It's not easy to do a show alone. There are some people here on talk radio. They they use the board op as a crutch or whoever it is, their producer. But are they going to be a team like that? Rush was alone. You know, as much as he talked about Open Line Friday, what I like the most about Rush was just Rush breaking down the sound bites. And, and he could talk about anything. He made so many times when Rush was talking about something, it was so interesting you wanted to go and read the, read this, you know, the story or find out more about it. <clears throat> he was, um, him with the Sunday shows, I mean, it, it, it also changed, it changed radio, it changed politics. It also changed the Sunday shows. And I loved how Drudge understood the power of Rush. There was just no one more powerful. You, you couldn't be successful in the Republican Party if you didn't have Rush Limbaugh in your, in your corner. It's, it's just a fact. Because he was first and foremost, he was first and foremost a conservative. He really, Rush Limbaugh, who has passed away. Today at the age of 70, Rush, um, he really carried the mantle from Reagan. He did. No one else has carried the mantle of Reagan. And Rush wouldn't fall in with some of the different fringes that came along. Um. Rush supporting President Trump was obviously a, a galvanizing moment for the Trump campaign. But it's just people will never, you know, and it's so they were so rotten to him. Al Franken wrote it, you know, uh, called him a, all, making fun of him. 
And um, folks, you know, but there's a real lesson there. Rush with all that money. Rush was how much? I don't know how much he had. Half a, half a billion dollars, maybe more than that. He never had any children, married three times. Um, you know, he ran into some problems with his hearing. And the fact he came back from that, he came back from that. At one point, he was doing the program he couldn't hear. And even then, you know, he he had those uh, cochlear implants put in. Um, but he was so funny. Rush, first and foremost, not only was he knowledgeable and not only he didn't. He didn't need a co-host. You didn't hear him like that. Rush understood that. Rush talked with the callers. To be on that show, um, I mean, it just catapulted people. And he, you know, he tried. He got his people out. You know, a big part of President Trump getting 75 million votes on November 3rd was that Rush got the vote out. And I also remember Rush telling me the story that he stayed at the White House under um, George uh, Herbert Walker Bush, 41. And that um, he stayed in the Lincoln bedroom overnight at the White House. And President Bush brought Russia's suitcase up the stairs. I still just remember that. There's also a picture I have that I've posted on Facebook, on social media, of when um, when when President Bush was on with Rush Limbaugh in New York at WABC, and I have a photo with, I mean, there it was, he was the president. <clears throat> that was the first president that I had a photo with. I wish, I, I saw Jimmy Carter when I attended St. Paul's School. Jimmy Carter came to Rhode Island one time, and I saw him. John Mountain and I went to the old Cranston Hilton after school, and President Carter came by. I don't even think I took a picture of him. I just saw him. And then I was in Washington one time for a radio conference when I was in college and Reagan and the first lady, Nancy Reagan, rode by. They stopped the street and we saw them, John Boyle and I saw them roll by. And then I got a photo with President Bush. I have a photo with Bill Clinton. I have a picture with George um, W. Bush. I, um, I covered the Obama rally at Rhode Island College in 2008. And I have a picture where I'm on Fox News Live and then Obama's on the stage behind me. Obviously, I've met and have a photo with President Trump. I don't think, no, I don't have a picture with President Biden. I probably won't. But anyhow, um, but it started my fascination of the White House. And like, wow, these are really people that you could meet. And it's just so sad. Um, Rush Limbaugh has passed away. Ah. God, talk radio pioneer dominated decades since 88, larger than life. He, um, you know, again, he made some mistakes. He did. And they went after him. But I mean, he was under attack 24-7. Rush Limbaugh, uh, age 70. He had lung cancer announced by his family. Transformed. He transformed radio. He saved he changed talk radio. He changed talk radio. He 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 made it. Um, he made people realize that through humor and by being entertaining, you could really break through to people. Wow, I am. Um, I am obviously, folks, very upset about this. Ah, oh, my God.
God. Help shape the modern-day Republican Party. Age of 70, battle with lung cancer. Ugh. His wife, Catherine, made the announcement on the radio show. I didn't know that. Rush will forever be the greatest of all time. And there's no question about that. There's just no one greater. And it, it goes, you know, he paved the way in many ways. Over 600 stations. At one point, 27 million people used to tune into him. And, and it, was, it was never, it was just never dull. Rush, he just, you know, and the whole thing of the Southern Command moving to Florida. He landed at WABC in New York after the Fairness Doctrine was repealed and he changed talk radio forever. It was Ed McLaughlin that put him on. Absolute phenomenon. And then he used to have the Rush to Excellence where they used to have rallies. He got big money for that. Down, He was huge in the South. Uh, down in New Orleans. Number one uh, best-selling author. Absolutely one of the most fascinating people ever. And just so... He made his career... Speech he delivered at CPAC. One of the most important moments of his career. Of who conservatives are. And, and cause the child to erupt with chants of USA, USA. You know, I'll play some of that coming up. We're going to dominate and uh, dedicate the show to Rush. In 2003, he resigned a brief role, ESPN's NFL uh, countdown. He made comments about Donovan McNabb. 2003, he checked himself. 2003 was a rough year for El Rushpo into a treatment facility a facility after being addicted to pain medication following back surgery oh my god very very sad I am um, folks just there's no one bigger <clears throat> there's no one bigger um, and now regret I will have is that I, I just didn't get to fill in for him I would have loved that but as I said he and his staff were uh, beyond encouraging he um he, he, uh, he, I mean, the guy, there's just no one bigger than Rush. It's so sad. It is, and now, and for a long time, I mean, he was the king, and even still the king. He still did, I know, you know, people like Kennedy, but the Rush Limbaugh show, I can't believe he died. I can't believe he's gone. I'll play some of his speech. I'll feel better if I play. That CPAC speech was amazing. You know what else is? He only did radio like uh, television. Excuse me. I think he did television like once a year. He used to be on Fox News Sunday. He was been friendly with Tony Snow. He used to do Hannity like once a year. And he was great on Al Gore. And he used to pronounce it Al Gore uh, instead of Al Gore. Al Gore. Um, he was great on Gore and Clinton. But he was still great. Rush was still top of his game. Oh, my God. Well, folks, this portion of the program on this uh, very sad Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, now it's really sad, is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call Coogie today, 401-732-6562. Now, listen, we do have a storm coming. Call R.E. Coogan and Heating today, 401-732-6562. Call Coogie today. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Look for them on Facebook. And the website is R-E-Coogan, C-O-O-G-A-N, heating.com. R-E-Coogan 
RE-Coogan-Heating.com. Now, if you're having a problem with your heating or plumbing problem right now, call RE-Coogan and Heating today, 401-732-6562. Thank you for that, Dolo. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Rush has died. Oh, my God. Age of 70, the voice of conservative America. Dominated talk radio for more than three decades. I mean, there's just absolutely, without question, the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time was Rush. Not even close. Uh, Everyone else is playing for second. There's not, and it's hard to, I know some people may not fully understand that, but you have to know just and appreciate. Um, it's tough to put into words just how talented the guy was. Um, and, and, and anyone that has ever tried to do a radio show, the, the, the first thing is you have to get used to doing the monologue. Let me find his... Um, Wow, that is really sad. Oh, man. Wow. Poor Rush. Oh, we had such a long... I thought, you know, think about it. That voice. And if he had stayed healthy, you know, he could have been on the radio for a very, very long time. I want to play a little bit of that. CPAC speech just because it was he was so funny and brilliant and just without question the communicator and America's anchor man and uh, some people didn't get the shtick but there was just there was no one bigger bigger than life if you all will indulge me I learned something uh, I guess early Friday uh, Friday morning when I learned this I learned that Fox God love them, is televising this speech on the Fox News channel. Which means... The CPAC speech. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, this is my first ever address to the nation. He killed it. Absolutely killed. <laughs> Listen to the crowd. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Now. Mega ditto. Oh, wow. I have someone in back taking phone numbers. In fact, in fact, I would like to introduce to you uh, my security chief, a man who runs all of my security. His name is Joseph Stalin. Joseph, would you please? I am safe. Folks, I want to um, I am safe from again. Let me put this. I think President Trump right now is talking about Rush Limbaugh. Rush is irreplaceable. He is. He's unique. Uh, he had an audience that was massive 
and you know he could do something, Bill, and, and uh, he would he would get up in the show and would just talk. He wouldn't take phone calls nope. where you know people would call in every two minutes, and that's sort of easy to do. He would just talk for two hours and three hours, just yep. talk. Yes, and that's not an easy thing to do. Oh, and no. I once asked him. I said, "Do you study for the show?" Or, <laughs> and he said, "Actually, I study very hard." Which which a little bit Harris that a little bit surprised me, but but he was a fantastic man, a fantastic talent, the greatest. And, uh, people, whether they loved him or not, they respected him. They really did. Oh. President Trump, if you would stay with us for just about a minute and a half, or maybe a little longer, Why? we want to show the day that you oh. gave him the presidential oh, medal great, of freedom. Folks. Let's watch that. President together. Trump and on I Fox have News a right question now. On the flip side. Okay. And Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, the millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity, I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Folks, again, it's John DiPietro on this very sad Wednesday. Rush Limbaugh has passed away. We have lost. We have lost the greatest of all time. And this is President Trump right now who is talking about Rush Limbaugh. Uh, we have just lost an absolute giant. No one bigger. The greatest talent of all time. Rush Limbaugh has passed away at the age of 70. Right now, it's 1252. The First Lady of the United States to present you wow. with the honor, please. Wow, it was a great moment. Boy, I'm so glad President Trump did that, folks. This was last January during the State of the Union. And then you had Melania putting the, the medal around Rush. Oh, my God. Folks, again, right now at 1252 on this Ash Wednesday. It is John DePico on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. And Rush Limbaugh has passed away. And President Trump right now is speaking. Well, I suppose I should say former president, but he's still our president today. President Trump is speaking live right now. Oh, so sad. But worthy of it. He, he changed politics. He changed talk radio. He would just absorb information and then just have it come out in his own words, his own way. And I'm so glad, that was great, that last January, President Trump honored him during the State Rush of the Union speech. Catherine, congratulations. Oh, that was great. And if you are just tuning oh, in, what we a are moment. joined by... President number 45, former President Donald J. Trump. This is live on Fox. And you saw Fox. him there along with the First Lady awarding Rush Limbaugh, who has left us today, oh. the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And President Trump, I have always wondered, just seeing the look of surprise on Rush's face, what he knew about that moment and what you learned that he was going through in that moment after. He is succumbed to tears, and I was curious, what did he know was coming? So I did tell him beforehand because we didn't have the uh, 
really the the power of not doing it. You know, Rush was very sick at the time. He was at a hospital in Boston, and I didn't want to do the surprise thing. Uh, I wish uh, I wish I could have done that, but we really didn't have that uh, that that uh, power of doing it because he had. To, it was a very difficult thing for him to come into Washington from where he was, and he did it. Mm. And there was questions as to whether or not he was just a very brave guy. He, he was amazing, and he came in. And it was, as he told me, it was the greatest honor of his life. And everybody in the room, uh, you know, you're talking about the Republicans and the Democrats. You had half of that room went crazy. You remember the evening well, I'm sure. It was a very unique moment yes. in our country's history, in a sense, because of who Rush is. But half went just absolutely crazy. The other half sat totally dead silent. But 100% of that room respected Rush. It was a unique guy. And he was a... a he became a friend of mine. You know, I didn't know Rush at all. I had essentially never met Rush. And then when we came down the escalator, he liked my rather controversial speech. I made that speech that was a little bit on the controversial side, and he loved it. And he was, without ever having met him or talked to him or, you know, had lunch with him or asked him, he was with me right from the beginning. And he liked what I said, and he agreed with what I said, and he was just a great gentleman, great, great man. Mr. President, that is such fascinating detail that you're Folks, giving. Folks, at 12:55, it's time to about peep about how you didn't Rush really Limbaugh has died. This well. is President yeah, Trump live right now. Carried your message. He has called into Fox News uh, channel. You know, I, I'm I'm curious to discussing know Rush Limbaugh. What you wanted him to know, and maybe you got to tell him in the last three or four days that you spoke about the difference that he made for you. Well, I think he did, and I've heard as many as 39 million people. You know, that's an audience that you don't hear about anymore. And I heard 39 million people. And I don't know if you remember, uh, maybe three or four months ago, I did his show. And I heard they had a tremendous audience. And it lasted for, like, a long time. The, the interview was like an hour. And it just went right through. And it, it was... His questions were fascinating. I think the show was fascinating. He he had a way of, uh, he had a, an insight that few people have, just few people have, even really good ones, really pros in your business. And by the way, you two are some great combination. You and Bill together, Harris, that's a great oh, combination. So good to hear the president. It does incredibly well. Thank and you, we Mr. Thank president. you for it. We really thank you both for it. But he was a very unique guy, and uh, he had tremendous insight. He got it. He really got it. He was very street smart, in a sense. And uh, a lot of people wouldn't know, but he was very, very street smart. He really got it. Uh, Mr. President, we probably have 100 questions for you, but so many of them are not appropriate for this venue. So we'll keep it on this topic for now. And we right. appreciate Good. your time today. Uh, perhaps that street smarts came from growing up in the Midwest, Cape Girardeau in Missouri along the Mississippi River. Uh, later, he went on to work for the Kansas City Royals and the Pittsburgh Pirates before he yes. turned to his attention full time to radio in Sacramento, California. But you just said something a moment ago and Harris picked up on it. Just tell us more about how you two got to know each other. I'm thinking of 2015, the summer, 17 candidates on a stage in Cleveland. Right. At what point did he concede that you were the guy, and how did that come about? Well, I got a call from a friend of mine who was a big Rush fan, and he said, Rush loves you. I said, I don't see that. You know, I hadn't heard, I'm not able to listen to the radio during the afternoon too much you're on the trail and you're 
making speeches or doing whatever you're doing. I was actually making speeches and running a business. I was doing both of them simultaneously, right? And uh, he just told me that, and then all of a sudden I started getting little transcript stuff. I would try to listen every once in a while. He was there right from the beginning, and it was incredible. And then I, I guess I called him just to thank him, and we developed just some very good friendship. We play golf together a little bit. He was a very strong guy, physically very strong. Hit the ball a long way. He was. He loved uh, golf. He was. Uh, I, he I was guess the, the reason I asked that question. You think back about five years ago. You, you don't strike me as his kind of guy back then. Not what changed. True. Not true. Well, I don't know. You know, you never know That's about people. True. I like some people that nobody would think I like, and I yep. dislike some people that everybody <laughs> would say, "Oh, that's that's a natural." We know. Not we true. all know about that, right? Uh, I mean, you hey, never Jr. We're going to stay with this to the studio. We are going to stay with this. But right from the beginning, he was so great, and you know, and I I have a uh, a very beautiful weakness. I always seem to like people that like me. Okay, you know, hmm. it's much easier when they don't like me. I tend not to <laughs> go for them so much. So call that a strength yeah. or call that a weakness. But but that's the way it is. But Rush yeah. was so gracious and so great. So then over a period of time, oh, I got to know. So sad and. Uh, Folks, again, we're coming up at the top the of the hour. It's John DePietro. And he loved You're listening to AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Ever. Never been anything like it. You know, we're going to stay right here, JR. We are not going to break for the 1 o'clock news. We're going to stay right here. What did he share with you? I'm curious. And everyone on Facebook Live, you can join us on the radio. Yes, go ahead, Harris. I'm curious to know if you're listening to WNRI or if he had some advice for you at at any point along the way. So he was again. It was very early because one o'clock. Famous escalator ride was at the very beginning. This is President Trump. He was one of the people that said we were going to win. On Fox News Live, discussing folks. The big news Uh, on this Wednesday is Rush Limbaugh has passed away. He was so you know gracious so early, but but he thought we were going to win. Uh, he just had an incredible instinct for politics, and he had an incredible instinct for life. This I mean, is he, President he Trump live so right just, now. You know, I walked into a room and at there's a one lot o'clock of in the room, and they're all on Ash Wednesday discussing Rush Limbaugh. Like with respect to Rush, but they're very sad to see that Rush passed away. He's really, he is a legend. He really is. There aren't too many legends around. The biggest, but he was. Uh, he is a legend, and to those people that listen to him every day, like. It was like a religious experience for a lot of people. I mean, his fans, uh, they they just wouldn't miss him. A very, very unique person. Yeah, Mr. President, hang on one second here. We've got a Fox News alert. We've reached 1 o'clock on the East Coast. It is 1 o'clock in Palm Beach, Florida, where the news of Rush Limbaugh is now starting to spread across the country and around the world. Folks, good afternoon. Limbaugh, it's Gundy the Petro. iconic radio conservative radio host. Again, uh, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Right now it's 101. But I want to stay with this. President Trump and his first words. President Trump right now. Thank you again for your time. Fox News talking about the death of Rush. A moment ago, I apologize for that, Harris. What did Rush Limbaugh tell you after the election of November 3rd? What were those conversations like? Well, Rush thought we won. And so do I, by the way. Uh, I I think we won substantially. Uh, and uh, Rush thought we won, and uh, he thought it was over at 10 o'clock, 10.30, it was over. And a lot of other people feel that way too, but Rush felt that way strongly, and uh, many people do, many professionals do. And uh, I don't think that could have happened to a Democrat 
you would have had uh, you would have had riots going all over the place if that happened to a Democrat. We don't have the same support in the at certain levels of the Republican system, but we have great people as Republicans. But Rush felt we won, and he was quite angry about it. Over the next two months, how much contact did you have about that? Well, quite a bit, but he was really sick. You know, uh, Rush, his his ambition, if you go back to, you know, after he had heard the diagnosis, because it was a very, very, you know, very bad thing he had. It's not something like, oh, gee, you know, you'll be better in two weeks. And uh, so he got the word and it was uh, terminal, absolutely terminal. And his ambition, and it was quite a bit away, but his ambition was to hold out until after the election. Yep. And he worked so hard, and he missed very, very few shows. I mean, he'd go up to wherever he was going, which was quite a ways away, and he'd get back to his studio and do a show. He worked so hard to get through the election, and uh, he was just, he was just great. He made it. We are graciously joined by President number 45, Donald J. Trump, uh, remembering Rush Limbaugh. And, you know, one of the things you said earlier really made an impression on me in terms of how you became friends, how you came to know each other, and that he knew almost instantly that you were the one he wanted to support. You know, I'm curious, Mr. President, what did you talk about with Rush Limbaugh if you had the opportunity uh, before he was too ill to do so, about what might be next for you. He seemed, and I know because I've, I've talked with him, he is a man of vision. But he also likes the art of what is coming next that you can't predict. True. But did you talk True. about that? Yeah, he was truly a man of the future. He loved this country so much. He loved the people of this country so much. He was so happy with what we did. We rebuilt the military. You know, all things that he that he liked. We cut taxes and we cut regulations, which maybe is even more important than the tax cuts, frankly. That's why we built that foundation that uh, can propel us if it's not messed up. But Rush was just somebody that he loved talking about the country and the future. He was very much a future person. Yep. And he was very proud of the country. He was very disappointed by certain things that happened in the country and that you know, just have been happening in the country. Very, very disappointed. But uh, he thinks that it'll all work out. It'll all work out very well. He was just something special. And he would express it very well in the show. I mean, he was he was very open. I think that's why your show did so well. He was very open to his uh, listeners, to his fans, of which there were record mm-hmm. numbers. Did he say to you what, what role he would like to see you play next? Well, we didn't uh, talk too much about that. I didn't want to talk about that too much either uh, because I was I was uh, disappointed by uh, voter tabulation. I think it's disgraceful what happened. We were like a third world country on election night with the closing down of the centers and all of the things that happened late in the evening. And he was furious at it. And many people are furious. You don't know how angry this country is. And people were furious. But he was... Uh, he was somebody at the same time, uh, you know, he, he, he thinks about the past, but he projects out to the future. That was Rush. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he wants to learn from the past and get things fixed, but uh, he, was, uh, he was somebody that really felt that was a very important victory for us. We should have, we should have had it, uh, that we did have it, but he was somebody that uh, 
felt that was a very important election, and I did too. I mean, I did too. You see what's happening now. And uh, so, you know, but maybe more than anything else, we just became very friendly, and, and he could talk about any subject. I mean, whether it's politics or sports, as you know, sports you mentioned, for sure. Uh, his, his sports career. I mean, he loved sports. He loved any sport. It didn't matter, any sport. He could talk about any sport. He was a conversationalist. He was a brilliant guy. Didn't get enough credit for that. Totally brilliant. And uh, he was a conversationalist, and he was unique. He was unique. He had a yeah. way. Maybe it was the voice. You know, you never know. Why does somebody have more viewers? Why Why do you have more viewers than other people that compete against you, too? Uh, you never know. You know, it's something. It's something. There's something in the air. There's the voice or the... Or the brain power, whatever it is, he uh, he had something very special. In, in a political sense, Mr. President, either during the primary fight of 2016 leading up to that election, or the right. four years you were in the White House, did you feel a political need to go to Rush Limbaugh knowing that he is, you know, he is a kingmaker in so many conservative circles? Did you ever get that sense that Limbaugh could help you on said issue? Well, because it happened so early, Bill... You know, his support, you know, it wasn't like, wow, let's now start to get people on board. Because, you know, when I ran, a lot of people didn't think I would win because I had never done it before. They said you needed experience and you needed all of those things. And I understand that. But Rush felt uh, very early that, you know, we're going to win. He felt from the escalator ride down. I mean, I think before the speech, if you want to know the truth. But, um... No, I never had to think about it because he was there so early. The only thing I, I did do is I got to know him. And I got to know him because he was so gracious. He was yeah. so good to me, so gracious. Yeah, Amazing. just pause one moment here. We have a clip we want to play for our audience here. This is Rush Limbaugh talking about you, talking about optimism. Watch. Okay. The day that Lou Gehrig announced that he had his disease that was forcing him to retire from Major League Baseball. He said to the sold-out Yankee Stadium, today I feel like the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And I, I didn't understand that. I mean, here's a guy who had just been diagnosed with uh, the most terminal of terminal diseases. And I said, this, this can't be real. You can't really think he's the luckiest guy in the world. This is just something that he's saying. Because it will play well. It'll, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be insulting Lou Gehrig. Don't misunderstand. I'm just thinking, that how in the world, if you're being honest, can you feel like you're the luckiest man on the face of the earth? Well, when I got my diagnosis, and when I began to receive all of the outpouring of love and affection from everywhere in my life from from so many of you in so many ways and and from my family who and they have supported me my entire career even during times it would have been understandable and easy for them to say rush who we don't know this guy but that never happened. I mean, I've been totally supported by virtually everybody in my family. I've been propped up. I have been defended. I've been made to look better than I am. My, uh, my lovely wife, Catherine, has done so much in that regard. She has done so much with 
RushLimbaugh.com and with the charitable efforts that we have engaged in and all of it has been to my benefit all of it has been for the uh and yours it's the benefit of people who are the recipients of our efforts um so many people have put me first in all of this and i understand now what lou gehrig meant because i certainly feel like that I feel extremely fortunate and lucky. Mr. President, I know we only have you for another minute or so, and I just wanted you to react to that because that is a man who has who has seen his life from a position of being so incredibly grateful for what he has and what he's accomplished in this country. It's true. And he loved Catherine. He, he, was, he was telling me so many, I mean, story after story, how she put up, you know, it was a very tough period. Uh, this period was, he was going through hell, and he said that this was, he was married, he, he told me he was married to an angel, and the the help and the devotion, and I could see it too, I could see it, you could see it when I gave him the award, how proud she was. Uh, he was uh, just, uh, you know, something incredible, but he, he really loved his family, he loved Catherine. Yeah. Thank you for your time, sir. I know we... We'd love to have you back because we got a lot more ground to cover, right, Harris? Uh, in addition to the past. Oh, Mr. President, definitely we do. But it, it says Thank so you. much when someone passes who you love and who you've come to know and you recognize the relationships in their life. It says so much to, to have someone call in and talk about you. My mother used to say, let others praise you. That shows what you've done. So it's wonderful to have you here with your voice, Mr. President, at this well, time of loss. You. He was a great man, and he deserves right. it. And thank you both very much. Yeah. We will speak again. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Goodbye. All right, folks, that was uh, President Trump. Again, good afternoon right now on this very sad Ash Wednesday. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. In the sad news that uh, we have lost a true giant. I mean, absolute giant. And that is with the death of Rush Limbaugh. And we're going to uh, continue to play some more Sound of Rush. Again, uh, everyone, I mean, basically the world is reacting. This is, um, it's hard to put into words. I mean, I've known he was sick, but I, I find myself, it is just because he meant so much. And he was so generous. And I, and I want you to know that Rush in person was was just as great and as gracious as the person that you would listen to on the radio. And I am so glad that I had a <clears throat> chance to, he knew who I was, I mean, and I had a chance to talk to him and work with him and learn from him. And just an unbelievable career since 1988, so dominant and just uh, just took over, he did. And what he did for the medium what he did for not only just for radio, but for the Republican Party, for the conservative movement. Um, with, without question, to me, it it really goes to um, he carried the mantle for Reagan. He was just, you know, he enjoyed a good relationship with President Trump. But Rush, it was really Reagan. 
he he carried the mantle from Reagan. There was there's no media personality. And as far as the, the Republican Party, if Rush Limbaugh started to turn on someone, or you could just get the sense that he was not on board with the way things were going, I, I just the person was not gonna be successful, period. And he was very outspoken about it. But funny, and and I'm glad. You heard President Trump say, he even said to Rush, how do you do that? He could just talk and deliver a monologue that was interesting, that was entertaining. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was like the the polar opposite of Dan York, as I think of it, who just has nothing to say. And it's just like a boring slog who, if not for his perch, you know, no one would care or hear from or anything. But Rush was just so dynamic. Uh, I'm going to play some more of especially that CPAC CPAC speech that was just so great. And um, and again, folks, this very sad news right now. It's 115. You're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. And Rush Limbaugh has left us at age 70. He has passed away. So sad. Folks, this portion of the program, now there's more snow coming and there's a lot of snow and ice melting. So make sure you can pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, the original, the best since 1927. You can depend on West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Now remember, if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They will repair your vehicle, showroom-like condition. Again, if you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 272-3340, 272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body. I'm going to do some postings on Rush on the website, folks, dePetro.com. And don't forget, dePetro.com is uh, brought to you by, where you can see all original stories. And uh, it's brought to you by Relax Souls. Text or call Relax Souls, S-O-L-E-S, Lisa Wood at 401-742-6621. 401-742-6621. Relax Souls. Reflexologies, the application of pressure on the hands and the feet it different from massage because it works from the inside out and it uses acupressure points and meridian stimulate and help the body so relaxed souls s-o-l-e-s healing from the inside out boosts your immune function and lisa focuses on your face and your ear ears and hands and feet is reflexology i guarantee you're going to feel better folks call them 401-742- 6621. Boy, what a sad day. El Rushbo has left us. Rush Limbaugh has died. Oh, my goodness, at the age of 70. You know, it's amazing, folks. Like I said, I mean, you knew it was coming. He was he was sick. He was out a lot. They did all they could. But uh, it was just so far along. But I want to go back to this great speech he gave with um, with. CPAC several years ago where he just lit the place up. The opportunity here to address a nation serious one, it really is, and I uh, uh, I want to take it seriously. 
I want to address something. I know that people are probably watching this who never have listened to my program and may not even really know what conservatism is. They think they do based on how they've been told, the way we've been impugned and maligned and so forth. Uh, one of the things that is totally erroneous about me, and I just want to get this up front, is that I'm pompous. And, and that I am arrogant. Neither of these things are remotely true. I can tell you a joke to illustrate this. Larry King passed away, goes to heaven, is greeted by St. Peter at the gates. St. Peter says, welcome Mr. King, it's great to have you here. I want to show you around, give you an idea of what's here. Maybe you can pick a place that you'd like to reside. King says, I just have one question, is Rush Limbaugh here? No, 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 he's got a lot of time yet, Mr. King. So St. Peter begins the tour, Larry King sees the various places, and they're just beyond anything we can imagine in terms of beauty. Finally gets to the biggest room of all with this giant throne. And over the throne is a flashing, beautiful, angelic neon sign that says Rush Limbaugh. And Larry King looks at St. Peter and says, I thought you said he wasn't here. He says, he's not, he's not. This is God's room. He just thinks he's Rush Limbaugh. See, I'm not pompous. Now, seriously, for those of you watching on C-SPAN as well and on Fox, um, I want to tell you who we all are in this room. I want to tell you who conservatives are. We conservatives have not done a good enough job of just laying out basically who we are because we make the mistake of assuming that people know. Well, what they know is largely incorrect based on the way we are portrayed in pop culture, in the drive-by media, uh, by the Democrat Party. Let me tell you who we conservatives are. We love people. When we look out over the United States of America, when we are anywhere, when we see a group of people such as this or anywhere, we see Americans, we see human beings. We don't see groups, we don't see victims, we don't see people we want to exploit. What we see, what we see is potential. We do not look out across the country and see the average American, the person that makes this country work, we do not see that person with contempt. We don't think that person doesn't have what it takes. We believe that person can be the best he or she wants to be if certain things are just removed from their path, like onerous taxes, regulations, and too much government. American to be the best he or she chooses to be. We recognize, we recognize that we are all individuals. We love and revere our founding documents, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence.
We believe that the preamble of the Constitution contains... Again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. What you've been listening to is um, oh, this is a speech that Rush gave at CPAC. Here we go. Rush Limbaugh has passed away, folks. Among them, life. Liberty. Freedom. And the pursuit of happiness. Now, those of you watching at home may wonder why this is being applauded. We conservatives think all three are under assault. want to tell anybody how to live it's up to you if you want to make the best of yourself feel free if you want to ruin your life we'll try to stop and make it because it's but it's a waste we look over the country as it is today we see so much waste human potential that's been destroyed by 50 years of a welfare state by a failed war on poverty that has destroyed Again, folks, uh, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this uh, sad Ash Wednesday, and it is, with uh, learning of the passing of Rush Limbaugh has left us. El Rushbo has died at the age of 70, and the story is just everywhere. And President Trump even called in to Fox News Channel, and, um, and it is just, uh, you know, in celebrating this incredible pioneer who changed radio, who changed talk radio, who changed politics. He was the forerunner for for Fox News. I mean, there was no one else like Rush. Absolutely not. Now, I do want to remind you that um, you want to stay healthy. Now, today is nice and dry, so make sure you stop by and see our friend Marie. There is snow coming tomorrow, but today... The roads are dry. You can see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. You can stop, You can call her at 401-305-3585. It's My Health, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like a berry, honey, maple syrup, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. It's My Health. What are you doing today? It's sunny out. It's dry. Pop by, support local business, shop local. Maybe you're listening right now and you say, you know, Juan, I, I get some of these things online. Well, why not support and shop local? Hemp and CBD products, natural skincare products, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, local products like the incredible antioxidant, acai berry, and all different types of teas and spices and herbs. It's my health. You know where it is. I bet you've driven past it a bunch of times. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see the Queen of Health, Marie, at It's My Health. Now, I want to go back to 
just because it was uh, such a monumental speech. And that was the speech. What you're listening to is Rush Limbaugh spoke at CPAC back in 2009. This is a part two of this speech. It was great. And we want this to be the greatest country it can be, but we do understand. Here's Rush. As people created and endowed by our creator, we're all individuals. We resist the effort to group us. We resist the effort to make us feel that we're all the same, that we're no different than anybody else. We're all different. There are no two things or people in this world who are created in a way that they end up with equal outcomes. That's up to them. They are created equal to give the chance. So... We don't hate anybody. We don't. I mean, the racism in this country, if you ask me, and I know many people in this audience, let me just deal with this head on. You know what the cliche is of a conservative racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe. Uh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen of America, but if you were paying attention, oh, you were, the racism in our culture was exclusively and fully on display in the Democrat primary last year. was not us asking whether Barack Obama was authentic. What we were asking is, is he wrong? We concluded, yes. We still think so, but we didn't ask if he was authentically black. We didn't say, as some Southern Christian leadership conference leader said, uh, Barack is not authentic, he's not got any slave blood. He's really not down for the struggle, but his wife does. So don't expect the race industry to go away. Southern Christian leadership, you may not even know this, it was reported in the drive-by media. The racism, the sexism, the bigotry that we are all charged with. Just so you across the United States of America know, and you'll see demonstrated here as the afternoon goes on, doesn't exist on our side. We want everybody to succeed. I am... to succeed and for the country to succeed its people its individuals must succeed everyone among us must be pursuing his ambition or her desire whatever with excellence trying to be the best they can be not told as they are told by the democrat party you really can't do that you don't have what it takes besides you're a minority or you're a woman and there are too many people that are willing to discriminate against you. You can't get anywhere. You need to depend on us. Well, <laughs> take a look. Someone has to say this. I am thrilled for the opportunity to say it in my first national address to the nation. Now, I'm going to touch on this in more detail in a moment, but this is just to get you thinking. Take a look at all of the constituency groups that for 50 years have been depending on the Democrat Party to improve their lives. Yeah. And you tell me if you find any. Yeah. 
They're still complaining. They are still griping about the same problems. Their problems don't get fixed by government, and those lives have been poisoned. Those lives have been cut short by false promises from government representatives who have said, don't worry about it, we'll take care of you. Just vote for us. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Ash Wednesday. Again, the sad news, Rush Limbaugh has passed away. You're listening to this remarkable, incredible speech that he gave to CPAC. We're doing this to uh, honor Rush Limbaugh, who has passed away. The greatest radio talent of all time has died today at age 70. Fox News Channel with C-SPAN. I am Rush Limbaugh, and I want everyone in this room and every one of you around the country to succeed. I want... Anyone who believes in life, liberty, pursuit of happiness to succeed. And I want any force, any person, any element of an overarching big government that would stop your success. I want that organization, that element, or that person to fail. I want you to succeed. Folks, uh, remarkable. Again, you're listening to that was uh, that incredible speech that Rush gave at CPAC. Now, how big is the Limbaugh death? Now, right now it's 131. Good afternoon on this Wednesday. It's Ash Wednesday. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. How big is the Limbaugh uh, death? Well, President Trump has broken his silence and President Trump called in to Fox News just a short time ago to talk about uh, the the death of Rush Limbaugh. So let's hear this. A couple of different clips on this. This is uh, President Trump. President Trump continues with us today, and sir, thank you again for your time. I, I was trying to jump in there a moment ago. I apologize for that, Harris. What did Rush Limbaugh oh, no, tell Chris. you after the election of November third? What were those conversations like? Well, Rush thought we won, and so do I. By the way, uh, I, th- I think we won by, uh, substantially. Uh, and uh, Rush thought we won, and uh, he thought it was over at 10 o'clock, 10.30, it was over. And a lot of other people feel that way too, but Rush felt that way strongly, and uh, many people do, many professionals do. And uh, I don't think that could have happened to a Democrat. You would have had uh, you would have had riots going all over the place if that happened to a Democrat. We don't have the same support in the at certain levels of the Republican system. But we have great people as Republicans. But Rush felt we won, and he was quite angry about it. That was President Trump a short time ago on Fox. Here's uh, some more. This is a longer clip of President Trump talking about the death of Rush Limbaugh. uh, Really, the the power of not doing it. You know, Rush was very, very sick at the time. He was at a hospital in Boston. And I didn't want to do the surprise thing. Uh, I wish uh, I wish I could have done that, but we really didn't have that uh, that that uh, power of doing it because he had. To, it was a very difficult thing for him to come into Washington from where he was, and he did it. Mm. And there was questions as to whether or not he was just a very brave guy. It's amazing, and he came in, and it was as he told me, it was the greatest honor of his life, and everybody in the room. Uh, you know, you're talking about the Republicans and the Democrats. Yet half of that room went crazy. You remember the evening well, I'm sure. It was a very unique moment yes. in our country's history, in a sense, because of who Rush is. But 
half went just absolutely crazy. The other half sat totally dead silent, but 100% of that room respected Rush. It was a unique guy, and he was a, a, he became a friend of mine. You know, I didn't know Rush at all. I had essentially never met Rush. And then when we came down the escalator, he liked my rather controversial speech. I made that speech that was a little bit on the controversial side, and he loved it. And he was, without ever having met him or talked to him or, you know, had lunch with him or asked him, he was with me right from the beginning. And he liked what I said, and he agreed with what I said, and he was just a great gentleman, great, great man. Mr. President. That is such fascinating detail that you're giving, Mr. President, about how you didn't really know him all that well, yet he became someone who carried your message. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm curious to know what you wanted him to know, and maybe you got to tell him in the last three or four days that you spoke about the difference that he made for you. Well, I think he did, and I've heard as many as 39 million people. You know, that's an audience that you don't hear about anymore. And I heard 39 million people. And I don't know if you remember, uh, maybe three or four months ago, I did his show. And I heard they had a tremendous audience. And it lasted for, like, a long time. The the interview was like an hour. And it just went right through. And it, it was, his questions were fascinating. I think the show was fascinating. He... He had a way of, uh, he had an insight that few people have, just few people have, even really good ones, really pros in your business. And by the way, you two are some great combination. You and Bill together, Harris, that's a great combination that that does incredibly well. Thank you, Mr. President. We really thank you both for it. But he was a very unique guy, and uh, he had tremendous insight. He got it. He really got it. He was very street smart, in a sense. And... uh, a lot of people wouldn't know, but he was very, very street smart. He really got it. Uh, Mr. President, we probably have a hundred questions for you, but so many of them are not appropriate for this venue, so we'll keep it on this topic for now, and we right. appreciate your time today. Uh, perhaps that street smarts came from growing up in the Midwest, at Cape Girardeau in Missouri along the Mississippi River. Uh, later, he went on to work for the Kansas City Royals and the Pittsburgh Pirates before he yes. turned to his attention full-time to radio in Sacramento, California. But you just said something a moment ago, and Harris picked up on it. Just tell us more about how you two got to know each other. I'm thinking of 2015, the summer, 17 candidates on a stage in Cleveland. At what point did he concede that you were the guy, and how did that come about? Well, I got a call from a friend of mine who was a big Rush fan, and he said, Rush loves you. I said, I don't see that. You know, I hadn't heard. I'm not able to listen to the radio during the afternoon too much. You're on the trail, and you're making speeches or doing whatever you're doing. I was actually making speeches and running a business. I was doing both of them simultaneously, right? And uh, he just told me that, and then all of a sudden I started getting little transcript stuff. I would try to listen every once in a while. He was there right from the beginning, and it was incredible. And then I, I guess I called him just to thank him, and we developed just some very good friendship. We played golf together a little bit. He was a very strong guy, physically very strong. Hit the ball a long way. He was, uh, he was. Uh, yeah, I, he I was guess the, the reason I asked that question, you think back about five years ago, you, you don't strike me as his kind of guy back then. What changed? That's true. Well, I don't know. No, 
you know, you never know about people. I like some people that that's nobody would true. think I like, and I dislike some people that everybody would <laughs> say, oh, that's, that's a natural. We know, we all know about that, right? Uh, I mean, you never know who you Stupid. like and who you don't like or, or you know, He's where so it all ends up. But right from the beginning, he was so great. And, you know, and I, I have a, a very beautiful weakness. I always seem to like people that like me, okay? Oh. You know, it's much easier. When they don't like me, I tend not to go for them so much. So call that a strength yeah. or call that a weakness, but, but that's the way it is. But Rush yeah. was so gracious and so great. So then over a period of time, I got to know him. And uh, he loved his country. He loved the country. He loved his wife and that's his right. family. And he loved his fans, his, yep. his audience, which was, I think, maybe the biggest ever. There's never been anything like it. That's true. You know, when Sean says irreplaceable, he really means it. Too. He's irreplaceable. Folks, again, that good afternoon. Uh, well, it's not a good afternoon. On this 138, it's John DePietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. And again, our breaking news on this Wednesday, on this Ash Wednesday, is that uh, the world has lost a true talent. Uh, the greatest radio talent personality of all time has left us, and that is the death so young, 70-year-old Rush Limbaugh has passed away after a uh, terrible battle with lung cancer. Again, Rush was 70. The uh, world is in mourning. Just an incredible talent. There has never been a radio talent like Rush who dominated the Reagan legacy um, through, think of that, the, the syndicated show started in 1988 at one point, close to 700 stations, 650 radio stations, coast to coast, small towns. There were diners that started to set up that they were losing lunch business. People didn't want to come in because they wanted to listen to Rush. So they set up rooms at certain restaurants, uh, a lot of times in the south and the Midwest, where they would play Rush's show. So if you went to you know, a certain restaurant and sat in a certain area, you could hear the show. And then business would boom from there. Now, folks, I will be posting things on the website, dipetro.com. And again, dipetro.com was brought to you by Allstate Lock. Allstate Lock, you can call them at 401-349-0042. 401-349-0042. Allstate Lock and online at allstatelock.com. It's John DePietro. I want to... um continue again i was playing earlier that cpac speech that was um really just phenomenal and rush was just killing it and and after that he even pointed to it as uh, such an important speech that he gave and let me uh, go back to that cpac speech it just breaks my heart that he does not use these extraordinary talents and gifts to motivate and inspire the American people to be the best they can be. He's doing just the opposite. And it, it's such it's a shame. President Obama has the ability, he has the ability to inspire excellence in people's pursuits. He has the ability to do all this, yet he pursues a path, seeks a path that punishes achievement, that punishes earners, that punishes, and he speaks negatively of the, of the, uh, of the, of the country. Ronald Reagan used to speak of a shining city on a hill. Barack Obama portrays America as 
a soup kitchen in some dark night in a corner of America that's very obscure. He constantly is telling the American people that bad times are ahead, worse times are ahead. And it, it's, it's troubling because this is the United States of America. Anybody ever ask, I'm in awe of our country, and I ask this question a lot as I got older. We're less than 300 years old. We're younger than nations that have been on this planet for thousands of years. We, nevertheless, in less than 300 years, and by the way, we're no different as human beings than any of them, any others around the world. Our DNA is no different. We're not better just because we're born in America. There's nothing that sets us apart. How does this happen? How did the United States of America become the world's lone superpower, the, the, the world's economic engine, the most prosperous opportunity for an advanced lifestyle that humanity has ever known. How did this happen? And why, pray tell, does the President of the United States want to destroy it? It saddens me. The freedom that we spoke of earlier is the freedom, it's the ambition, it's the the desire, the wherewithal, the passions that people have that gave us the great entrepreneurial advances, the great inventions, the greatest food production, the human lifestyle advances in this country. Why shouldn't that be rewarded? Why is that now the focus of punishment? Why is that now the focus of, of, of uh, blame? Why doesn't Mayor Bloomberg the other day, ladies and gentlemen, resisting his governor's call for an increased tax on the rich in New York, had some astounding numbers. Eight million people live in New York. Forty thousand of those eight million pay roughly 60 to 70 percent of New York's operating budget. He was afraid that if he raised taxes on those people, some of them might leave. Mayor, one already has. By the way. That was rough, folks. Holding up his hand. Stop and think of this, though. Stop and think of this. 40,000 people out of 8 million. He's, got, he's, he's right. If 10,000 of them leave, or 5,000, they've got a huge problem. Because New York has its own welfare state inside the one the federal government's created. They've got a dependency class that has grown up and been educated. Their entitlement is to be fed and taken care of by these evil, mean people who have more than they do. <clears throat> in, if, if New York City, New York State, or Washington, D.C. were a business, these, these 40,000 people would be taken on golf tournament trips to Los Angeles and they would be wined and dined and they would be thanked and they would be encouraged to keep it up. They wouldn't be told they're the problem. They wouldn't be told except there's us. You know, I pride my accuracy rating. There is one other business where the customer is always wrong and that's the media. Sorry about that. Let me just pause it, folks. Again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this uh, very sad Wednesday, and that is the fact that um, Rush Limbaugh has passed away at age 70. I'm playing. This was a tremendous speech he did at CPAC, and uh, just right on the money. Let me, let's hear a little bit more of this. Well, have you ever called them to complain about whatever they do? 
They say, yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full. They hang up and say, you're too stupid to know how they're doing what they're doing. You can't get it. You are not sophisticated enough. So that's another business where the customer is always wrong. But seriously, the people who have achieved great things, most of it is not inherited. Most wealth in this country is the result of entrepreneurial, just plain old hard work. There's no reason to punish it. There's no reason to raise taxes on these people. Barack Obama, the Democrat Party, have one responsibility, and that's to respect the oath they gave to protect, defend, and follow the U.S. Constitution. They... that's not theirs, and none of it is, from the back pockets of producers and give it to groups like ACORN, which are going to advance the Democrat Party. If, if anybody but government were doing this, it would be a crime, and many of us think it's bordering on that as it exists now. atmosphere of crisis. He is so busy fueling the emotions of class envy that he's forgotten it's not his money he's spending. He has, seems to have, in fact, the money he's spending is not ours. He is spending wealth that has yet to be created. And that is not sustainable. It will not work. This has been tried around the world. And every time it's been tried, it's a failed disaster. What's the longest war in American history? Is somebody saying the war on poverty? Smart group. Yep, war on poverty. War on poverty essentially started in the 30s as part of the New Deal. But it really ramped up in the 60s with Lyndon Bain Johnson, part of the Great Society, War on Poverty. We have transferred something like 10 trillion, maybe close to 11 trillion, from producers and earners to non-producers and earners since 1965. And yet as I listen to the Democrat Party campaign, why America's still a soup kitchen, the poor are still poor, and they have no hope. And they're poor for what reason? Well, they're poor because of us, because we don't care, and because we've gotten rich by taking from them. That's what kids in school are taught today. That's what others have said to the media. You know why they're poor? You know why they remain poor? Because their lives have been destroyed by the never-ending government aid that's designed to help them, but it destroys ambition. It destroys the education they might get to learn to be self-fulfilling. And it breaks our heart. It breaks our heart. Folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Right now, it is, um, it's 1.49 on this Ash Wednesday. And the world is reacting to the fact that Rush Limbaugh has died after his battle with lung cancer. Rush was 70 years old. What your listing was, this was Rush, top of his game. He was at CPAC. He delivered this captivating uh, speech that was then carried. He was saying it was his first national address 
on both C-SPAN and also it was uh, carried on Fox. I want to play a little bit more. And then also President, well, I'll play a little bit. President Trump actually called into Fox News today to talk about Rush Limbaugh. Actually, maybe I'll, um, I'll play a little bit of that instead. Uh, but that was just, well, let me do this. Let me just finish up because he was great at the CPAC address. And let me play a little bit. And then, um, and then I will play President Trump calling into Fox News today to talk about Rush Limbaugh. It is, we lose track of numbers with all of the money, with all the money that's been transferred, redistributed, with all the charitable giving in this country, ladies and gentlemen. There ought not be any poverty except among those who genuinely are ill-equipped. But most of the people in poverty in this country are equipped for far much more. They've just been beaten down. They've been told, don't worry, we'll take care of you. There's nothing out there for you anyway. You're going to be discriminated against. And it breaks our heart to see this. We can't have a great country and a growing economy with more and more people being told they have a right because of some injustice that's been done to them or some discrimination, that they have a right to the earnings of others. And it's gotten so out of hand now that what worries me is that this administration, the Barack Obama administration, is actively seeking to expand the welfare state in this country because he wants to control it. George Will once asked Dr. Friedrich von Hayek, tremendous classical liberal economist, great man, George Wilson in 1975, Dr. Von Hayek, why is it that intellectuals, you know, supposed smartest people in the room, why is it that intellectuals can look right out their windows, look at their own homes, their cars, look at their universities, and not see the bounties and the growth and the greatness of capitalism? And Von Hayek said, you know, I've, I've troubled over this for years, and I've finally concluded that for intellectuals, pseudo-intellectuals, and all liberals, it's about control. It's not about raising revenue. You what a great, great delivery and story and just the way that he comported himself. Folks, good afternoon at 152 on this Ash Wednesday. Again, it's John DePietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. Again, wherever you can hear my voice, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, Rush Limbaugh passed away. The news was announced on his show, apparently, uh, right at 12.05, right at the beginning of the program. And Rush Limbaugh has died at the age of 70. We knew he was sick. Uh, It's still a shock to the system, though. Um, And I'm going to play President Trump called into Fox News today to discuss Rush. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Remember, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Do you have an appliance that's not working properly? Call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair repairs on all makes and models of appliances. I've had Ryan in my home. He has fixed. Are you having a problem maybe with your washing machine or your dryer? And listen, when you're talking about those, or a stove, oven, refrigerator, that's not exactly like you just get out the screwdriver and see if you poke around. You need to call someone that's going to repair it. And that's Ryan's Appliance Repair. That's why they say if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Now, I mentioned 
that President Trump was on Fox News Channel a little bit earlier. And I want to play some of the cuts of it. One of the things he talked about was Rush was very, very sick. But President Trump called in and uh, described Rush as a real as a real fighter. You spoke with Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Three or four days ago, I'd call him just to find out, you know, his his fight was very, very courageous. And he was very, very sick. And, you know, from diagnosis on, it was just something that was not going to be beaten. But you wouldn't know it. And. He is married to an incredible woman, Catherine, who really, every time I spoke to him, he, he would tell me how great she was. She took such great care. He was very brave. I mean, he, in theory, could have been gone four months ago, really. He just, he was so sad. But here's a little bit longer, folks. And this was when it was last January. I'm so glad he did it. President Trump honored Rush Limbaugh, gave him the uh, Medal of Freedom. And Rush is very touched. Congratulations. And if you are just tuning in, we are joined by President number 45, former President Donald J. Trump. And you saw him there along with the First Lady awarding Rush Limbaugh, who has left us today, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And President Trump, I have always wondered, just seeing the look of surprise on Rush's face, what he knew about that moment and what you learned that he was going through in that moment after. He is succumbed to tears, and I was curious, what did he know was coming? So I did tell him beforehand because we didn't have the, uh, really the, the power of not doing it. You know, Rush was very sick at the time. He was at a hospital in Boston, and I didn't want to do the surprise thing. Uh, I, wish, uh, I wish I could have done that, but we really didn't have that, uh, that, that uh, power of doing it because he had, it was a very difficult thing for him to come into Washington from where he was, and he did it. Mm. And there was questions as to whether or not he was just a very brave guy. He's amazing. And he came in and it was, as he told me, it was the greatest honor of his life. And everybody in the room, uh, you know, you're talking about the Republicans and the Democrats. You had half of that room went crazy. You remember the evening well, I'm sure. It was a very unique moment yes. in our country's history, in a sense, because of who rushes. But half went just absolutely crazy. The other half sat totally dead silent. But. A hundred percent of that room respected Rush. It was a unique guy, and he was a, a he became a friend of mine. You know, I didn't know Rush at all. I had essentially never met Rush, and then when we came down the escalator, he liked my rather controversial speech. I made that speech that was a little bit on the controversial side, and he loved it. And he was without ever having met him or talked to him or you know had lunch with him or asked him. He was with me right from the beginning. And he liked what I said, and he agreed with what I said, and he was just a great gentleman, great, great man. Mr. President. That is such fascinating detail that you're giving, Mr. President, about how you didn't really know him all that well, yet he became someone who carried your message. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm curious to know what you wanted him to know, and maybe you got to tell him in the last three or four days that you spoke about the difference that he made for you. Well, I think he did, and I've heard as many as 39 million people. You know, that's an audience that you don't hear about anymore. And I heard 39 million people. And I don't know if you remember, uh, maybe three or four months ago, I did his show. And I heard they had a tremendous audience. And it lasted for like 
a long time. The, the interview was like an hour. And it just went right through. And it was, his questions were fascinating. I think the show was fascinating. He, he had a way of, uh, he had an insight that few people have. Just few people have. Even really good ones, really pros in your business. And by the way, you two are some great combination. You and Bill together, Harris, that's a great combination that, that does incredibly well. Thank you, we Mr. Thank President. You for it. We really thank you both for it. But he was a very unique guy, and uh, he had tremendous insight. He got it. He really got it. He was very street smart, in a sense. And uh, a lot of people wouldn't know, but he was very, very street smart. He really got it. Uh, Mr. President, we probably have 100 questions for you, but so many of them are not appropriate for this venue, so we'll keep it on this topic for now. And we right. appreciate your time today. Uh, perhaps that street smarts came from growing up in the Midwest, at Cape Girardeau in Missouri along the Mississippi River. Uh, later, he went on to work for the Kansas City Royals and the Pittsburgh Pirates before he yes. turned his attention full-time to radio in Sacramento, California. But you just said something a moment ago, and Harris picked up on it. Just tell us more about how you two got to know each other. I'm thinking of 2015, the summer, 17 candidates on a stage in Cleveland. Right. At what point did he concede that you were the guy, and how did that come about? Well, I got a call from a friend of mine who was a big Rush fan, and he said, Rush loves you. I said, I don't see that. You know, I hadn't. Folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro, and uh, what you were just listening to, that was President Bush, excuse me, President Trump on, President Trump on with Fox News just a short time ago. Uh, coming up, you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news and then the John Dion program. But again, uh, the breaking, the big news today is we have lost a real giant, the greatest radio talent ever, Rush Limbaugh has died at the age of 70. Contact me at my website, petro.com. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news and then the John Dion program on the Sash Wednesday. WNRI Woonsocket, 1380 AM, 99.9 FM, W260 DC.